Hey, thanks for coming back to the Airport Minute, where every day we discuss, well, Monday through Friday, we discuss the greatest disaster movie ever made, the 1970 Universal Pictures film Airport. I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm host number two, Mark Cerulli at uh, CovertOps.tv. And once again, we have writer, pop culture guru Chris Epting with us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for being here. We are continuing to follow the startup sequence for uh, global flight, trans-global flight two. You know, you'd, it's hard to believe that this would be an exciting thing. I mean, it's just they're going down a checklist. They're starting up the, uh, the engines. But there's a lot of stuff going on and great actors showing us how it's done. And that's and a great point, Jim. It's, a, it's a, a, an hour in and we're not even up yet. <laughs> yeah. There's this back and forth tension because Dio Guerrero, the mad bomber, is sitting back there in uh, 23A. And Mrs. Guerrero is running in her wooden high-heeled shoes across the, uh, the miles clack. and miles. Yeah, the miles and miles of uh, Lincoln Can we call International. Can O Guerrero? Because he just looks so Irish. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's for a later minute. But yes, he is, uh, it's, it's Van, uh, Mr. VH. It's amazing watching all these pros uh, do stuff. I keep getting drawn away while I'm trying to think of things to say. I keep just getting watching their acting. And even in the most mundane stuff, you look at, we start in this minute with uh, the cockpit crew. We've got Vernon Demarest and Anson Harris and uh, Jordan, uh, Cy Jordan, the guys in the back, that's uh, Dean Martin, um, Barry Nelson, and Gary Collins, respectively. And they're each just selling the, selling their little parts by doing little bits of business. Mm-hmm. They're totally committed. That's the thing. Nothing is phoned in. Nothing is taken for granted. I mean, they really are. This is what they teach you, you know, in acting. I mean, you're supposed to do what they're doing. It's so textbook. And, and even the, the matter of input that they've had, you know, or the, the background that they've been studying, Dean Martin, who's, you know, on the left side there, he actually took courses in, he, he got uh, ground school and soloed and went to a flight school for jet jet aircraft, so he knew what parts he was pushing and what buttons he was pressing. Oh, wow. Uh, do, so he didn't like so, to rehearse, but he would do research. Well, I guess if they got, <laughs> if they paid for yeah. his pilot's license, yeah. then hey. <laughs> right. And so, it was probably a really cute instructor, too. <laughs> oh, no no doubt, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm thinking Honor Blackman kind of a thing. <laughs> well, you do realize that in that frame, you have Matt Helm and James Bond. I mean, when, when else would you ever see that? <laughs> That's that. That's true. But he's reaching up. I mean, I I, I worked for many years in the aerospace uh, industry, and uh, where he's reaching to that center uh, overhead panel, that's the uh, th- that is where, where the electrical uh, connections are for uh, for the engines. You uh, and he's he's going through the sequence. So that is the right place to uh, uh, to raise your hand. He's you know he's he's doing all the right things. Well, I didn't realize that kind of accuracy. I, it impresses me even more now that they would go that to that limit, you know, because you got to imagine pilots must have watched this film with a with a an, you know a different kind of eye and thought, you know, y- you know if it worked for them, that's a pretty good standard to shoot for. Oh, sure. It, we've we've talked to pilots and everything like the uh, audio back and forth, the way that they uh, handle the handle the microphone uh, in in talking to the tower and talking to the uh, control centers. This is all really accurate for the time period. So I think the reality of it is what helps sell the, the soap opera-ness of this film. It, it's grounded in you know actual uh, day-to-day stuff, even, well, no matter had, how mundane a, it is. must have had a boatload of technical advisors for this. Yeah, they had a commercial pilot, and as we saw in the, in the first couple of minutes there, uh, John Denon, who was one of the air traffic controllers, he would be on set telling them, no, they do it like this, they say that, and 
you know, it, it's that nice course corrections that they're doing with this show that makes it feel real. Even if you, you know, you don't have to know the technical parts of it, but it feels like they know what they're doing and they're doing all the right things. Those are the things, those are the touches that I think would save something like this from entering kind of the land of kitsch and make it, you know, when it's grounded in that kind of research, it, it really allows you to, to have more fun with it probably and, and get away with more. The fact that you're doing your homework and really sticking to the letter of it. I mean, there is, again, there's a gravitas to this movie that um, it's, it's not sticky. I mean, this is, a, I, I think it's a really good film. I mean, I still think it holds up, you know, uh, yeah, uh, in terms of story I, I, I and backstory agree. and everything. And, and, you know, to your point, I think that that's the downfall of the later sequels because they, they really didn't bother. They just, yeah. here's, a, here's a property and we're going to just milk it. Yeah, this, this one right here it just so, showed so much promise. It's a good match between uh, what's going on in the, in the studio sets and then what they had shot on location. Yeah, um, you mean the, the jet firing up and Dio Guerrero's wife running down that corridor. I love yeah, how they yeah. intercut between the two. And that noise, that that clip, clop, clip while she's while she's running down through the. I don't know who did the audio for this, but it really it it match it matches everywhere. Uh, when she runs, she runs from that uh, that corridor in the middle, like second twenty eight or so, and then she runs onto the Universal Studios set of Gate Thirty Three. It reminds me of that Albert Brooks movie where he's the uh, the sound guy. Uh, yeah, and and that's with George Kennedy. Right, right, right. They're trying that. to get the footsteps right in the spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got that same kind of foley feel, but but you're right, they nailed it. I mean, whoever did it did a really good job on that. Yeah, and um, uh, Laszlo, who's the cinematographer, you know, even matching the you know the lighting and stuff with that, you don't feel like you just jumped onto the set. Mm. I, I, and I I do love that Gate Thirty Three set. It's just enormous. Yeah. You, you know, it when we get on when we get on this late later scene, they've removed the seven oh seven set that was behind the window, so that's gone. And they still, you know, they're running all that snow. They've got the big cyclorama that shows the rest of the airport behind them. Right. And it's just a little, th- I mean, it's, it's a very little thing, but it just helps to, to make you feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm at the airport and I'm watching this really happening. It's very foreboding, too. I think when they cut away, when you see the plane on the runway, all of a sudden, as the plane's moving through the snow, it's, you know, it gets way more serious, I think, at that point. You know, I think that, that single plane shot really dials up the tension. Yeah, yeah, and also the the camera angle when they uh, when uh, Maureen Stapleton finally makes it to the uh, the ticket, you know, the 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 gate. She makes it to the gate right. uh, counter. We're watching what's happening over her shoulder, so we're we're kind of identifying with her as seeing ah mission failure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're pulling out all the stuff, the and it signs, looks like yeah, yeah, yeah. right I mean, at forty five seconds. If you if you hold that, where she it's it's looking at her, looking at the. Uh, the sign there, I, I want, it's not, but given the number of extras and cameos and stuff, it looks like Jack Klugman sitting back uh, by the payphones <laughs> there. <laughs> and note all the banks of payphones, too. Yeah. That's all- oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 It, it's, uh, and, and this scene would be copied later in uh, Airplane when they have you know, all the reporters running in and knocking over the payphones. Right. Exactly. But uh, again, it's this movie great- totally explains Airplane. I mean, I... I actually didn't see this when it came out but i loved airplane and i thought well it's just a really funny movie and now seeing this of course it makes perfect sense absolutely and i think you know i mean i I did see this when it came out when airplane came out to me it worked on that other level knowing what the what they were pulling from and i went back and rented this just to remind myself about what they were doing i thought it was a 
what they did was so brilliant in terms of obscuring this. But uh, but yeah, those uh, again, those booths of payphones. It's another one of these relics, you know, of things. Yeah, that, yeah it, you know, it's that it's that lost world, including they have like that little. Uh, kiosk or a podium for the phone giant books. Chicago the Chicago phone book. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And uh, yeah, <laughs> God, talk about a dying art form. Yeah, it, it it's amazing. And uh, this is a great scene because because the full weight of what is happening shows on Marine Stapleton's face. Yeah, and she's got to pull it together to act yep. nonchalant. So yep. she gets up to the counter and she's just like, take a deep breath and just act like, well, you know. Uh, and then, yes. Uh, oh my. You know, they're all such complete pros. Everybody in this. Yeah. Even the running scene. I'm looking. I don't know how old she was at this point. About do you? Do either of you guys know? Um, uh, about thirty. No, I'm kidding. No, I, I don't. No, no. Uh, I will. I will find out. But well, she was born uh, in 25. So. So this is 1970. So she's 50, 45, 45, right? Which 45 then was is like 65 today, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So to be running yeah. like that is a little bit of a task in itself, you know. And you know yeah. they must have done multiple takes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, and she's got to run in those those wooden soled shoes like clap clap clap. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is such a great shot of her coming. I'm just looking at that again. It's uh, it has a great starkness, you know that. Uh, kind of andromeda strain hallway <laughs> yeah and and she's and and, and it, it kind of highlights the fact that she's alone she's the only one that can do yeah, this yeah. and there's nobody yeah. you know yeah, right. she doesn't have anybody to tell the story to so and these are the last seconds of her holding out any kind of hope you know she gets there and she gets clubbed by the uh, you know the, i missed the i missed the plane is there any way I, you know and then she's just doing one last chance right. of of asking, could you stop now, it if I said my husband has a bomb on that plane? <laughs> well, at, at frame forty-three, where she—it's her perspective looking at gate thirty-three. I'm assuming those are two um, diagrams of the planes hanging on the wall behind the attendants there. Yeah, I—I I was thinking that they are what's available, like schematics like what of what, yeah, of that yeah. particular. And, and they just slide in the names of who's where. You know, and it, it, basically what you'd see on Travelocity nowadays is a green or a red uh, seat. Yeah, it's, and, and I guess that's the the plane in the middle that's hanging. It looks like a three dimensional. I mean, it's shadowed off the. I don't know if that's painted on there, but I was wondering. I, yeah, I think it's it's probably something on like Masonite or it's before before they used foam board. It's just probably painted on a big piece of cardboard and and stuck on the wall as a you know artwork. But just another great you know kind of relic from the past. As are those plastic seats at right, the yellow and orange chairs. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was like back then. Those cafeteria style. You think of you know, man, they were uncomfortable. I they remember were those seats. Yeah, they yeah. were. You couldn't yeah. sleep in those. You know, and you look at today of, of of just how things have changed in terms of waiting areas. You know, and and I know that's not the actual airport per se, but that I think that is very accurate at the time of what it was like. Yeah, you know, now nowadays, and there's no there's <laughs> there are absolutely no electrical outlets anywhere in the uh, passenger right. terminal. Waiting area, so you're not uh, tripping so your over iPhone. iPhone you, you know, you couldn't yeah. power that up. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody would think of carrying any powered object there anyway. So yeah, it's true, except a lighter. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a lost world. Yeah, um, you know, in terms of acting, too, not to break this down too much, but even the way your hands are gripping the counter, that's a nice touch. You know, that's something that I don't know if she was directed to do that, but but holding the counter like that adds this urgency to it. And again, if you look at her hands. She's thrown herself into this this scene. You know what I mean? There's nothing being phoned in. This is yeah, and 
and it, it's augmented by the guys playing the trans global personnel because they are completely ignoring her. They're, they're obsessed with trying to figure out where the extra passenger came from. And they're not interested in customer service right now. Anyway, it's just somebody, you know, some peripheral character, you know, that, that they're not even paying attention to. And we've got an unnamed uh, agent there. You wonder, too, for all the names in here. I, you know, whenever I see that kind of that, the anonymity of that, what happened to that person? You know what I mean? Did, yeah. Did they go on to something else? Was this right. it? You know, I always wonder about those. Was it their first part? You know, are they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wish. I wish I could find out. There, there's so many people listed in the cast that just don't have a. Uh, you know, they're not attached to a particular uh, character. They, it doesn't say the guy who says this or the guy who says that. So even the number of extras. Like, if you look at the back, right before the clip ends, there's two couples that kind of cross two two men and then a man and a woman. But then automatically, a guy by himself comes buzzing through at a totally different pace. You know, everything, you know, the background extras are even kind of orchestrated nicely to yeah. sort of create that mood of, you know, some people are rushing and relaxed, some people are not. But uh, very realistic, I guess, and, and, and very uh, evocative at the time. Yeah, yeah. It give, gives you more a feel that there's a lot more people in the area. I mean, they've, they've only got maybe... Uh, a dozen people at the most in this entire set, but it really... They make it feel filled. bigger. They make it feel... There's a little bit of bustle back there, you know, that, again, adds, I yeah. think, to this tautness and urgency. Yeah. Again, another another great minute. This is just... Uh, it, it all's moving the plot along. We're slowly getting to the point where all the characters are in place and all the situations have been set up. We're almost at the end of, you know, what would be Act 1. Inez's life has not been destroyed yet. <laughs> but I... <laughs> I don't think that that's going to that's going to stay that way much soon, longer. Soon, soon. Yeah. Patience, but soon. I think patience is the theme of this whole movie. That that's true. So, uh in other words, tune in tomorrow because we're going to we're going to find out more about the uh the terrible tragic life of Inez Guerrero. Oh, Guerrero. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, Guerrero. The slightly Irish. So, uh, <laughs> she she is something. So, if if you would like to uh, comment some more on this film, we are happy to listen to your comments and read about them uh we have many different social media places where you can leave a comment for example uh twitter you can go to airport minute facebook you can go to airport minute and at our website airportminute.com you can leave a message at the bottom of every single episode if you'd like to listen to this every single day or at least the monday through friday episodes or catch up you can catch us on itunes just look for airport minute and subscribe right there please leave us a great review because that way more people will find out about this excellent excellent podcast with really great guests i think we're gonna have to pick the rest of this up tomorrow and find out what's going on with inez uh chris thanks for being with us today my pleasure guys it was really fun yeah this was great this was great Hope we can have you for tomorrow and uh i will do my best awesome you're 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 a trooper so uh let's pick this up in 24 hours uh join Sleep us again well, chris okay. yeah. <laughs> you guys do <laughs> in the meantime, i've got a flight to catch i'll be back oh, tomorrow right. though. <laughs> <laughs> well don't forget don't forget your wooden shoes <laughs> okay well we'll see you tomorrow then here on the airport minute until then good day bye-bye nice going sweetheart remind me to send a thank you note to mr bowling 